somebody put a mouse up here in my coffee. Uh -huh. Oh, so you're the guilty party. Well, somebody put it on my coffee. All right. I don't know. That's okay. It won't, it won't stop me from drinking my coffee. How was everybody this morning? It's good to be in God's house. Amen? It's good to be able to fellowship, to be uh, amongst uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, and, and to sing the praise of God. What a blessing it was to have, uh, to have uh, uh, Jimmy this morning read. Uh, read that passage, and uh, and uh, it, it, I'm so thankful. Um, I have to convince the kids, to be honest with you. I, I try to chase them all down. He's the only one that didn't run away from me this morning. <laughs> one, uh, one of them, I said her name, and I said, hey, she turned to me. She goes, no, and she ran. <laughs> uh, but but what a blessing to just to, as we stop and think about the words that, that were read. It's not so much about um, who read them. It's, it's, it's about the, the praise of, of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he is worthy to be praised. Amen. First, First Corinthians chapter 12, if you'll turn there. And then once you turn there, put a piece of paper or a pen or we'll, come, we'll be coming back to it. Um, but then turn with me, if you would, to Exodus chapter 25. Exodus chapter 25. We're going to be talking this morning um, and comparing Scripture with Scripture. Amen? There's a reason we do it. The, the, the Bible tells us the Old Testament was given to us uh, to teach us some things. And uh, so we're going, to, we're going to try to learn a few things here uh, in Exodus chapter 25. We'll, we'll go down through a couple, a couple different chapters and looking at what's going on. Uh, but I'm praying that the Lord will open up a truth to us and help us to, to learn that truth um, and then apply it to our lives here today. Exodus 25, we're going to look at two, two verses, and then we're going to pray and ask God to help us. It's verse 8 and 9. Verse 8 says, And let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them, according to all that I show thee, after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the instruments, there, thereof even so shall you make it. Let's pray. Lord, I pray that you would watch over us this morning. This, Father, I pray that you would speak to us from your word and through your spirit. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be open. Lord, that they wouldn't be hardened. Lord, that they wouldn't be blinded. Lord, they wouldn't be distracted. Uh, Satan has every intent on closing up our ears and distracting our minds, and God, I pray that you would help us not to allow that to happen this morning. Help us to be focused, Lord, upon you. Lord, help us to set our hearts and our faces toward you, Lord, and may you speak to us. God, I pray that there would be nothing in any one of us, including myself, especially myself, Lord, uh, that would hinder this, this service, Lord, for any sin, God, that's not been confessed, Lord, please reveal it that I might make it right. Lord, if there's any, any thoughts, Lord, that are my own, God, I pray that you would remove them from my mind. But Lord, I pray that you would speak um, to each one of us through your word, Lord, through the Spirit. Help us now, we ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. But here in Acts 25, uh, Moses is up on the mountain and he's talking to God. This is the same, uh, the th same time when God gives to Moses the, the Ten Commandments. Uh, uh, but in, while he's also up there, God is going to give him uh, something that he would have him to build. Uh, we see it's God speaking to Moses in verse 1, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, and then he's going to give them, the, him a message to give unto the people of Israel. But verse 8 says, And let them, the people of Israel, make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them, according to all that I show thee, after the pattern of the tabernacle, and the tabernacle, and, and, of, and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, even so shall you make it. Uh, so just, just, a, a, just a, a quick, so we have an understanding of what's going on. God speaking directly to Moses, and God is saying, I want you to build me, or I want the people of Israel to build me a tabernacle. 
He says, I'm going to give you the instructions. I'm going to give you the blueprints on how to build it. Uh, and I want you to build it after those uh, those instructions. And, you know, following through here in the next uh, several chapters, God gives him uh, uh, all the instructions. And my goodness, there are some detailed instructions. God didn't leave anything to uh, to, uh, to to chance. God didn't leave anything to them to, to be able to use their own creativity. God said, this is what I want you to do, and this is how I want you to do it, and 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 because I want to be able to dwell in your presence. I, I, God had a, desi- a desire to, to come with, uh, to have a place where they could come and worship him, a place uh, that, that uh, they could come and speak to him, and, and that's what he's giving him to do here in uh, chapter 25, verses 8 and 9. Now, uh, I, I say that all that to say this. Uh, can I tell you this, that God is not done building? God has given Moses here a task and the people of Israel a task. In the book of Matthew, Jesus said to the disciples, he says, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Do you think uh, do you think that God was finished in Acts chapter two when Peter when Peter preached and three thousand people got saved? Was that the ending or the finishing of the the work of the church? I don't believe so. In fact, if you read Acts chapter one verse eight, he said you'll start in Jerusalem, you're going to go to to Judea, and you're going to go to the uh, to Samaria, and then the uttermost parts of the earth. He says after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, then you'll do those things. You're going to go and you're going to preach the gospel, and you're you're going to to build the church. I am so thankful that we have uh, that God has given the, given us the church, but the church isn't here just to exist. Uh, we're, we're, we're the church, uh, and let, let me let me rephrase this: the church isn't the building. We, the the body of believers, called out believers, are the church. Uh, you may have seen a video here this last week of a, of a, the church up in Canada uh, that, that the, the cops have shut down. Uh, the, the, I say cops, the Royal Canadian Mount, Mounted Police, uh, the RCMP. Uh, they they the, the folks went in to go to to the church for the services. Uh, the, the the driveways were blocked by multiple uh, police uh, police cars. Uh, a fence had been put up around the church, and they were there was a second fence on the inside, and they were stretching up fabric so that you couldn't even see the building and. And on inside of that, there were there was private security that they had hired to keep people out of the building. And as terrible as that is, uh, I, I hate to see uh, a church closed down like that. As terrible as that is, if it was me, we'd be meeting on the outside of that fence, singing and praising unto God. Because the church isn't the building. The, the, the church isn't uh, the, the property. The church is the, the believers, the people that God has put together. And God has given us instructions just like he gave Moses instructions. He is not done building yet. Do you think God is finished with Fellowship Baptist Church here in, in Augusta, Maine? Is he done working with us just because of COVID? Is he done just because Joe Biden got into the White House? Listen, I don't care what your politics are, whether it's Joe Biden or, or, or Donald Trump. God's not done with us yet. And, and listen, we, I, I, I don't know when, when Christ is going to come back. I don't know when the, the, the last trump is going to sound. And, and the, the closer we, every day is another day closer to it. But can I tell you this? God isn't done with us yet. We're not just supposed to sit here and exist until it happens. God has a desire for us to do something now. He's given us a plan. Turn over to Exodus chapter 31. We're going to read verses 1 through 6. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and in all manner of workmanship, to devise cunning works, to work in gold and in silver and in brass and in cutting of stones, to set them in, and in carvings of timber, to work in all manner of workmanship. Let's stop there for a second. Uh, he says, he says, uh, this is now God speaking to Moses after having given him uh, the, the dimensions and the different uh, things that he, that he needed to build. He says, Moses, I don't want you to do it. I put it in the heart of somebody to help you do it. See, Moses was a great leader. Uh, and he led the people 
uh, of God out of Egypt. Uh, and he was a great leader back in the days when he was in Egypt. And uh, he was a commander of men, a man of power, according to the book of Hebrews, according to the book of Acts. Uh, he was well educated, but God had to, to, to break him down a little bit. And, uh, and he had to spend 40 days in the back backside of the desert, on the backside of the mountain, uh, being a shepherd before he could learn to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. God was preparing him, and God was getting him ready. He was 80 years old before he did that. But you know what he wasn't? He wasn't somebody who was used to building things. He did not know how to, to work with silver and gold. He did not know how to sew tapestry. He did not know how to build uh, build things with wood. He was he was a shepherd. He he he, he knew how to, to, to speak. He knew how to lead armies. He knew how to, to shepherd sheep. But he didn't know all that he was going to need to know to build the tabernacle that God had given to him. God said, here is the instructions. Here is the blueprints. But I'm also going to give you, what's his name? Bezalel. God gave him Bezalel. And now, who is this Bezalel? He's he's a, a man of uh, a man who in Israel he was a slave in Egypt. Uh, he was one that, that prepared and, and and given gifts that he would be able to do these things. But guess what? He's not going to do it alone. Look at the next verse. Verse six says, "And I be and, and I behold, I have given with him." So it's not just Bezalel, but with him, Aholiab, the son of Ahithamach, of the tribe of Dan, in the hearts of all that are wise hearted, I have put wisdom, that they may make all that I have commanded thee. He said, listen, I have gifted uh, Bezalel, and I have gifted all these terrible people with horrible names. <laughs> I've gifted them with wisdom, with the ability to do the things that I've commanded you to do. It's not, it's not just for one person to, to, to do this. I've gifted everybody to do this. Can I, can, I, can I make this statement? God has given it not just to me to have a heart for the people of Augusta. It's not just giving it to me and the deacons, but he's given it to all of us. If you're a child of God and a member of this church, God has gifted you. And we're going to look at those, look, look at that here in, in a few minutes. But, 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 but God is going to, God had given certain people gifts in those days that, that gave them wisdom and how to deal with the tapestries and how to carve the gold and the, the, the work with the silver and all the different things that God had commanded him to do. Look with me, if you would, over to chapter 40. Exodus chapter 40. So what's happened is, uh, on top of all this, uh, God not only gave it to them to, to, uh, to build, but also gave unto them to, to, to build all these things. They were slaves out of Egypt. Do we, do we remember how they got all the stuff that they had when they left Egypt? God put it in the hearts of the Egyptians to invite them into their house and say, here, come, take all that I have. See, well, that's just, that just doesn't make sense. No, God did it. God gave them favor in, in the eyes of their, of, of their, of their, of their masters. And, and they gave them gold and silver and jewelry and, and all this precious, these precious metals. Uh, and they carried them out. And they've been carrying them through the wilderness uh, all of this time. And God put it in the hearts of some to build and of others to give and of others to do the, the, the work here. I want you to see this uh, in uh, chapter 40. Let's look down to verse... Verse 30, and he set the laver between the tent of the congregation and the altar and put water there to wash withal. And Moses and Aaron and his sons washed their hands and their feet thereat. When they went into the tent of the congregation and when they came near unto the altar, they washed as the Lord commanded Moses. And he reared up the court round about the tabernacle and the altar and set up the hangings of the court gate. So Moses finished the work. So what's happened? Uh, people gave and people worked and God put it in the heart of, of, uh, of Bezalel and Ahisa, whatever his name is, and all the other people to come together. God put it in their hearts and, and they, they, they came together and they worked and they built and they did this what God had commanded to them. Now notice in verse 30, 30, uh, 4, then the cloud covered the tent of the congregation and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter 
enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon and the glory of the Lord filled the, the tabernacle. What's, what's happened? Uh, man, they, 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 God gave it to Moses. Uh, God, God gave Moses the people to do the work. Uh, God gave the people the, the things that they needed. And all that was given and brought to the temple. And they, they built the work. They did the things that God said to do. And God was pleased. It says the cloud filled the temple, so much so that Moses couldn't enter into it. That the glory of God was in that place. Why? Because the people of God did what God had created them for, what God had gifted them to do, and they did it all as they served the Lord to bring honor and glory to his name. It was not about it was not about Moses, it wasn't about Bezalel, it wasn't about Ahissa, whatever his name is, or any of the other people. There wasn't any there weren't any plaques on the walls, there weren't anything this done, dedication of so and so. It was all done for the glory of God. And God was pleased, and God was blessed, and then God was happy. Because it was all for him. Just like I said, God's not done building. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, we see God, God talking about the, turn over there with me if you would, the building of the church. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. It says this in verse, eight, uh, verse, verse, we'll start verse, uh, Verse uh, 15, and he said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you, but the Father, my Father, which is in heaven. And I say, unto thee, I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and what whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus, the Christ. He says, listen, I am going to, to build my church. Listen, it's not about the name of Peter. It's not about the, the other apostles. It's, it, Jesus Christ is the foundation upon which the, church is, uh, upon which the church is built upon. The Bible says that Jesus is the cornerstone. Uh, uh, without Christ, there would be nothing. We talked about last week, uh, last uh, Sunday afternoon, but what if there was no resurrection? The, the resurrection and the gospel of Jesus Christ is the, the very foundation with, on which our church stands in which every church stands. If you, if you deny Christ, you deny God. The, the Father, Jesus said, if you have not me, you have not the Father. Jesus said, I am the, one, the way, the truth, and life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. You can't come to Christ. You can't, you can't come to the Father. You can't get to heaven without Jesus Christ. We live in a day and age where people deny his deity, where people deny who he was, deny, even deny what he taught. We have people that say, well, he was just a man, and he was just a prophet, or, or he wasn't anybody at all. You have all kinds of different sayings out there, but the truth is the truth. And you can't deny it, and you can't put it off. And Jesus said, I will build my church. And we see the beginning of the church and the beginning of the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1, when, when Jesus is about ready to rise up into heaven, he tells them that you will go into Jerusalem, and you will go into Judea, and you will go into Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth, and you will do what? You will preach the gospel. But before that, you have to wait until the Comforter comes. And he rose up into heaven. They were looking for an earthly kingdom. They were looking for him to rule and reign, reign then and now in person. And God said, no, at first you need to rule and reign in the hearts of people. In the kingdom of heaven, it's not physical. The kingdom of heaven is spiritual. Now, there will be a day when he comes back and he does reign. But that's not today. Turn over with me to Acts chapter 1. The beginning of the church, that nucleus we, we see here in Acts chapter 1. Uh, they, they, they go back to the upper room and they, they pray. They spend time seeking the face of God and, and wondering what the next step is. They, they, they know that they're to wait until the Holy Spirit comes, but they don't know what else is going to happen. They, they, uh, they hear in, in Acts chapter 1, they, they replace Judas, the one apostle who, was, who had fallen away, who had, who had rejected Christ. And Listen, he didn't lose his salvation. He was never saved. Uh, he was filled with Satan. He was, uh, he was a thief and a liar the whole time, the Bible tells us. Uh, uh, he, he wasn't a fallen away Christian. He was just one who was a fake. 
And listen, there are people today that they, they, they go to church, that they look good. They, and listen, it wasn't the other apostles that thought that he was a fake. Jesus just knew he was. Because God can see into our hearts. The other apostles, when Jesus said, one of you will betray me, they didn't all look at Jews and say, uh-huh, we know who this is. No, they all said, is it I? Is it me? So, so we need to understand that hey, don't, don't go judging others and saying, hey, I know that that guy's the fake in here. No, 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 no. Look at yourself and say, okay, Lord, is it I? But, so they, they're replacing Judas and they replace him with a, with a man named Matthias according to the book of uh, Acts chapter 1, verse 26. And they gave forth their, their lots and the lot fell upon Matthias and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. Chapter 2, we see the, very, the beginning of the church. They're there together. They're praying. They're in unity. They're seeking uh, the, 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 the power of God and the help of God to know what to do next. And the Bible says that suddenly there, verse two, there, there, uh, there came a sound from heaven and a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other languages as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews devout men of every nation under heaven now when this was noised abroad the multitude came together and they were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language peter gets up in this in this uh, in this crowd of people and he begins to preach the gospel of jesus christ the gospel that that, 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 that turned the heart changed the hearts of three thousand people that day that was the beginning of the church if you follow through in the book of Acts, and we won't for a second time do so, but you see the church is building and growing, and, and man, God is working, and, and it goes from 3,000, and then 4,000 get saved, then 5,000. The Bible says next that they were just multiplied. There are estimates that there are estimates to say that there were 30,000 believers in Jerusalem by the time Stephen was, 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 I was going to say assassinated, by the time he was martyred. Stephen preaching the gospel to the Pharisees uh, was, was hauled out of town and, and a man named Saul there stood there and consenting, uh, g gathering the, the coats as people picked up their stones and stoned Stephen to death. Now if you remember, Jesus said that they'll go to Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth, but they, they hadn't left Jerusalem. They were still there preaching the gospel and the church was growing in Jerusalem, but it wasn't anywhere else. Acts chapter 8. And Saul was consenting unto his death, Stephen. And at that time there was a great persecution against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were all scattered abroad. And notice where they went throughout the regions of Judea, Samaria, except the apostles. And devout men carried Stephen to his burial and made great lamentation. Jump down to verse 4. Therefore they that were scattered abroad, went everywhere, doing what? Preaching the word. They went out everywhere, and they began to preach the gospel. In Samaria, uh, uh, they, uh, there's a great revival that takes place in Samaria, and in Judea, and all over the place, people are getting saved, and the gospel is going out. And guess what? The churches are growing. Churches are being planted everywhere, and God is blessing, and, and, and Christ is still building his church. Actually, uh, later on in the book of Acts, God separates out Saul, who, who got saved, if you, if you don't remember, uh, on the road to Damascus. Uh, uh, he, he got saved, uh, he, went to he went to Damascus, uh, to Arabia, then to Damascus, and he searched the uh, scriptures for, for three years, the Bible tells us. And, and man, God revealed to him in the Old Testament all the places where Jesus Christ was, was, was taught, uh, uh, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. And, and, and he, he learned those things, he understood those things, and then he went about and he preached the gospel everywhere. And he was the one who began to, he was the one who was called the apostle to the Gentiles, uh, the one who was the first to preach the gospel outside of Asia Minor. Uh, the first person to preach in Europe was Paul. Uh, Lydia got saved in Philippi. Was a, uh, that, that was in Europe. The first person in Europe to get saved was under the preaching of Paul. That first church was, was planted. Why? Because Paul preached the gospel there. Guess what? God wasn't done yet. He, can, he continued to work not just through Paul, but through others. Uh, in, in the book of First Thessalonians, uh, uh, you, 
you, you, you find that Paul had gone to the church of Thessal the area of Thessalonica, and he had started to preach there, and there were some that believed, and then got, Paul got chased out and, and wasn't able to really establish the church. But guess what happened? The Spirit of God worked anyways, and people got saved, and people grew, and people matured in the Word of God as they studied the, studied the Word of God and the doctrines. And, and guess what? The Bible says in First Thessalonians that when he, they went back to preach in that area, everybody already knew the gospel. Why? Because God wasn't done with the church. He was still using the church to, to see people saved. Paul goes to Rome in the book of Acts, and his whole purpose there is to, to preach the gospel. Now, you have to understand about something about Paul. He was the apostle to the Gentiles, but he had a heart for the Jews. Every town that he went to, he would go first to the temple. He would go to where the Jews were to preach the gospel. And some would believe, and some wouldn't believe. Sometimes that was what would get him caught would be the cause of his being chased out of town or stoned to death or beaten or whatever else happened to him. Uh, but he would go in and he would preach. And he came to Rome in chains and he gathered everybody together. We talked about this uh, on, on, the, on Friday night at the, at, the, at the teen group. And he gathered everybody together and he spent an entire day from morning until evening laying out the, the truth of Christ in the Old Testament scriptures proving that Jesus was the, the, the Son of God, that Jesus was the Messiah that they had all been waiting for. It says some believed, and then some didn't believe, but they all decided they were going to come back and hear him again. And at the end of the book of Acts, Paul says, listen, this is the, this is the, the truth of the saying that, that, that God is going to blind their eyes of the people of Israel because of the rejection of Jesus Christ. But he goes, as for the Gentiles, they will see. And listen, it didn't stop there. You know how I know it didn't stop there? Because we're sitting here today, thousands of years later, still preaching and, and talking about the same Jesus Christ who died. Listen, I know it's true because of what God did in my life and how he changed me and how he worked in my life. And I am saved not because of my goodness. I'm saved not because of, of all I have all I've done is good. Man, I am wicked. I am evil. I, I was a deceitful, rotten teenager. But God saw past all that, saw, saw it and loved me anyways and said, I'll die for him. Christ died for me. And listen, y'all, many of you have the same testimony. Uh, God found you in the pit. Uh, God found you in the darkness and the sin. And he saved you. And you can, you can say, look what God did in my life. See, God wasn't done yet. And can I tell you that God still isn't done yet? He won't be done until he comes back. And the church is taken away. It may be harder now to get some people to listen. Hey, hey, here in the U.S., uh, they've, heard the, they've heard the name of Jesus so much that they don't have to count a swear word. There are fewer and fewer people going to church. But that doesn't mean that God cannot still work. That does not mean that there is no longer power in the gospel. That there is still power in the blood to save. God created the church for two specific purposes. Two specific purposes. Turn over to Ephesians with me real quick. Ephesians chapter 5. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church. And gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So all men to love their wives as their own bodies, he that loveth his wife loveth himself. Paul here is teaching a lesson and speaking about husbands and wives and the relationship that they have. And he says the husband just love the wife just like Christ loved the church. And he talks about the, 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 the sacrificing of, of, of himself for the church. Listen, he sacrificed himself for us. But do you notice it said that he might present it to himself again? The same way it was when he found it. 
so spotless, holy. See, one of the purposes that God has for the church is to cleanse it through the washing of the water by the word, the sanctification of, of God's people. And he didn't save us so that we could stay the same and be the same and live the same and just look like the world. In fact, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, he says, Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We are to become more and more like Jesus Christ through the word of God. And you know how that happens? According to Ephesians chapter 4, God gave some to be apostles, and some to be pastors, and some to be teachers, and he did that for the church, for the edification and the building of the church, that we may have an understanding of the doctrines of the, of the word of God, and the teaching of the word of God, so that the spirit of God can use the word of God to cleanse us, so that we can be spotless. Now, I, I don't know about you, but I'm not, I'm not spotless yet. I'm not perfect. I'm not completely mature as a, as a child of God. I, I, I have not attained, as Paul said, but, but listen, I am pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling. I am desiring to be more and more like Jesus Christ. I am studying the Word so that the Word can reveal to me my, where I fail and where I fall because I, I know I'm not perfect. And by the grace of God and the work of God in my life, I am being cleansed. So, so as children of God, as the, as the church, we are to do our best to try to be separate, a peculiar people. Not like the world, not looking like the world, and watching what the world watches, and doing what the world does, and going where the world goes. I'm not saying you'll live up on a mountain somewhere in a commune where you don't talk to anybody. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is being in the world, but not of the world. Living so that we're peculiar. Has anybody ever seen an Amish person? I'm not, I appreciate I appreciate their faithfulness to their beliefs. Can you tell an Amish person by looking at them? Can you tell an Amish person by talking to them? Why? Because they, 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 they dress different and they talk different. Now I'm not saying that you can't wear have pockets in your clothes. Listen, there is there is a, a, something called legalism where we, we think that works saves us. It's not the works that saves us. The God in us changes us and we suddenly stop acting and, and talking and being like the world. Not suddenly, but over a period of time, gradually as God cleanses us. But we become more and more like Jesus Christ. And that's part of the work of God. And, and so we come together on Sundays to worship God, to, to praise God, to, according to uh, the word of God, we're to edify one another and, 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 and share with one another what God has spoken to us about and, and what God is doing in our lives and, and testifying of the grace of God and the mercy of God and what, what he is doing and where he's leading us and, and how he has blessed us. And that's why we come together. If you have come here to be entertained, I'm sorry, I am not a good entertainer. If you, I, I can't sing, I can't dance. If I, if I could, you wouldn't want to see it. I, 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 it isn't about the entertainment value of what goes on here. I can't even speak half the time. I stutter too much. Listen, when we, when we come together, the, the reason is because we want to draw closer to the Lord. And we want to come together in his presence. I appreciate our online services and the fact that we're, we put everything online uh, so, that, so that those that are un, unable to be here uh, can still uh, partake of some of what goes on here. But, but I've been on the other side of that camera. I've been on the viewing side when, when, when we had COVID and we couldn't be here. Guess what? It isn't the same thing. And I'm not saying that there's a feeling in the air, there's, a, uh, uh, there's an electricity here. Uh, that's not what I'm saying. Uh, uh, there, there's no fellowship uh, over on that side of the camera. There, there's no exhortation from one another on that side of the camera. There is no unity uh, on that side of the camera. We need all of those things. As children of God, we need one another. It is a blessing for me. Listen, when, when they shut the doors, uh, when COVID first happened and we were told that we could not meet inside this building, I preached to a camera. And man, I can tell you that is depressing. It is more depressing for me than it was for you. At least you didn't have to look at me very closely. It helped a little bit. But I had nothing to look at. Praise the Lord, somebody, somebody came along and, and put some pictures of the different people in, in, the, in, in the seats so that I had something to look at. And then, then once we could have a couple people in here, that was a blessing. But there's nothing greater than having a group of people that are able to be here to fellowship and to spend time with one another and to get to know one another. That is one of the purposes of the body of Christ. We are to 
iron. We are to, to, to sharpen one another like iron sharpens iron. We are to strengthen one another. We are to weep with one another and rejoice with one another. We are to, to, to be the body of Christ. You can't do that on that side of the camera. Yes, you can hear the gospel, uh, the, the, the messages preached, and God can touch your heart through the word of God. You don't need to be here for that. And, I'm not, and again, I'm not trying to knock the ministry. I, I'm so thankful for that ministry. But if you have the ability to be here, and, and you can, I mean, you should have a desire to be here. So yes, I said there were two purposes. One was so that we could come together, we could exhort one another, that we could, we could bless one another, we could study together and worship together. But the second part is God's still building the church. He's not done yet. We're still to go and to preach the gospel to, to every creature. You say, well, that's not me. I don't like to talk. I'm not saying that we're not all the same people. Let's just be honest. We're not. If you would have told me years ago that I was going to be up here, I was going to be preaching, I would have laughed at you. If you if you told me when I was a kid, when I was a kid, I thought I was the greatest singer in the world until my parents gave me a, a tape recorder for for Christmas one year, and I suddenly realized how terrible I was. And if after I heard myself, if you had told me that I would sing in front of anybody, I would have I would have run in the other room because that's just ridiculous and, and shameful. I'm, I'm terrible, but guess what? I don't sing for you. I sing for the Lord. So I don't care what you think. You'll have to suffer. <laughs> Turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if you would. Because we're all different. We're all, we're all, we all have different gifts. We all have different personalities. God, God, but, but if you are saved and you are a part of this church, God has put you here for a reason. God chose Peter and James and John and the other apostles. He chose them all. Not for their strengths, Honestly, I think he chose them for their weaknesses. But he chose them, and he, and he, he fitly joined them together for, for the purpose of they were the beginning out of the first church. First Corinthians chapter 12 says this, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. He says that because the truth is we can be ignorant. We, uh, we can have a lack of knowledge about these things. Jump down to verse Verse 4, now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are diversities of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. Listen, uh, we're all different people. We all have different talents and different abilities. But the Bible tells us that if you're saved, God has given you a spiritual gift, if not more than one. God has given you that gift. Uh, it, it may be different from my gift. That word diversities mean, means different. Uh, many differences. Uh, uh, there are many different gifts, but they all come from the same spirit. Uh, there are differences of administration, how those gifts are used. Uh, but, but again, uh, the same Lord, the same spirit, the same God. There are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. The same God that gave the gifts to me, uh, he's given to me, is the same God that put gifts in you. Now here's the question. What are we doing with our gifts? Uh, are we even ignorant of our gifts? Do we know what they are? Now, you can do a study. We've done a study over the different gifts, and we're not going to do that today. Uh, uh, that's not my purpose today. But just like God gave certain people to do certain things for, uh, to, to help Moses in the building of the temple, God is building the church. And, and he's given us, each one of us, specific gifts and help the, in which we can help serve one another, and we can help, that we can help serve God in the building of the church today. Verse 7 says, but the manifestation of the Spirit, or that, that manifestation is the gifts, uh, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. God did not give you the spiritual gift that he gave you so that you can profit it for yourself. It is not there for you to start some business because of the ability that you have to, to, to talk to people. and, and to, 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 If God gave you that ability, share it and share the gospel. 
use it for the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And, and there are some people that God has given the ministry and, and, and the, the ministry of, of service and, and humble, the gift of, of humbleness. Listen, these are all graces of God that we should all have, but God helps us, some, helps each one of us in certain areas that he blesses us in that. And listen, serve in that area. There is no area that is any that is any better or has come from a greater source. They all come from God. There, there is no any one person here that is any greater than anybody else. We're all part of the body of Jesus Christ. And we, we're here for the benefit of the body and for the benefit of Jesus Christ, the Father. Come down to verse 11. But all these, all the different gifts, worketh that one and the selfsame Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, dividing to every man severally as he will. I don't get to pick my gift. And you don't get to pick yours. Do you know why? Because it isn't about what we want to do or who we want to be. It's about who God calls us to be. God called Moses to lead the people of Israel. So, well, that, Moses was lifted up. No, 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 no. God used Moses, and Moses was just a tool. Moses was just weak. When Moses tried to do it himself, guess what? He killed an Egyptian and then ended up running out of Egypt. He had to submit himself to the power of God and the leading of God. We can't try to do things ourselves. We need to allow God to open up the doors for us. And listen, we're all in different, different uh, maturity levels or growth areas of, of growth in our, in our Christian walk. Uh, but that doesn't mean God doesn't have something for you to do. It doesn't, you could have been saved for, for six months and God can still use you. It doesn't matter if you're, if you're 10 years old, God can still use you. It doesn't matter if you're 80 years old, Rose, God can still use you. Listen, uh, from, 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 10 to, from, from, from 10 to 80, uh, no matter what, how, how old you are, if you're a child of God, God has gifted you and God desires to use you. Now, your ministry may change over time. It, it, may, it may be to the point where you cannot physically uh, get out and do things that you would, you would have once done. Uh, Rose, I don't see you doing some of the things that you used to do back in the day. But I am certainly grateful that we have a, a, a body of uh, uh, believers, of older ladies in this church, they, they are prayer warriors. And God is gifting them in that area. Man, we, we need prayer out of everything. That is the greatest gift that God can give us. Give us. That is so needed today. Down to verse 18. God gives us severally as he will. The Holy Spirit gives us those gifts. Verse 18 says, But now hath God set the members, every one of them, in the body as it pleased him. God has put each one of us here uh, as it pleased him, uh, according to, 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 I believe it's Ephesians, we're, 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 we're fitly joined together. Uh, he, he's, he's placed us here for the purpose uh, to, to, to serve one another, but also to serve him in ministry and, and, and in building the church. So I don't know how to serve. Let's, let's just make it practical. Uh, on the 17th, we have a work day uh, coming up. Uh, uh, things that need to be done to keep up the building, not the church. We are the church. But, but to, to keep the building up, this is the property that God has given to us and blessed us with. And, and, and we need to keep it up. We need to keep it from falling apart. So, so guess what we can do? We can all work together. Now, uh, brother, brother, uh, brother, not brother James, brother Troy has a whole list of, of things uh, that need to be done. And, and you say, well, I don't know that I have the ability to do that. Listen, if you can come and push a vacuum around, you can come. Uh, if you can come rake some leaves, you can come. Uh, and there, there is no big job. You don't need to have a, uh, you don't need to have a, uh, be able to, to, to do anything specific. Just come as you are, and God will use you, and, and Brother Troy will put you to work. Why do that? Because we're here together as a body. So uh, Paul refers to the church as a body here in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And guess what? The body needs all of its pieces. 
If there's something that you don't think you need, tell me, and I'll come cut it out of you. <laughs> Nobody's going to take me up on that, are you? I was a paramedic. I, 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 can, I can stop the bleeding, I promise. You don't need that little toe. You know when you know you need that little toe? When you stub it on something. You don't need the toenail. It's just a toenail. I ripped mine off one day and I realized how much I needed it. So you know, I, uh, I listen. I'm I'm a nobody. I don't. There's nothing that I can really do. Or uh, listen, just the fact that you're here together, working together, boosts morale, encouraging people. If you can do nothing but walk around and say, you know, that you're doing a really good job, that's encouraging to folks. Come and be a part of it. Now listen, I'm not just trying to get people here for work day. That's not the purpose of the, purpose of the message. The purpose of, of God building the church isn't about the building, though we do need to keep it up. The purpose is that we see people saved, that we invite folks to church, that we share the gospel with, with people, just like they did there in Acts chapter 8 when, when they were persecuted and they finally got out of Jerusalem. They went everywhere and they preached the gospel. We have on the 18th, uh, we have missionaries coming uh, uh, from, from Mexico uh, with help ministries. So well, I can never be a missionary. You don't have to be a missionary. If, if God wants you to be a missionary, he'll prepare you and he'll call you to be a missionary. You know what you need to be? Just willing to do whatever it is he wants you to do. He'll give you the gifts that you need to accomplish what he's called you to do. He just wants you to be willing. This morning, this morning, Jimmy read Psalms. I forget the psalm he read. But towards the end, it said, harden not your hearts. Listen, maybe God's put in your heart a ministry, a, a way in which you could serve. Or maybe you just a desire to serve. I'll be honest with you. If you come and say, listen, I want to serve the Lord, we'll find something for you to do. You know why? Because we're a body. And we need one another. You ever seen somebody, somebody that doesn't have all their body parts? Now they can manage. I'm not, I'm not trying to make. I'm not making fun of people that are that, that, that have a disability. But somebody that doesn't have that doesn't have a leg, or they have an amputation, uh, if they're born that way, uh, they're not able to function the way that, that we all function, and they have to make up for it. Sometimes they'll get a fake leg and they'll put that on, and it's still not the same. Again, I'm not trying to make fun of it, but listen, if you're if you're if you're this body's leg and you're not functioning. We've got to figure out a way to function without you, and it's not—it's not as good as it could be. I'd encourage you to find what God's calling you to do. We live in a day and age of consumerism. You don't even have to leave your—you uh, don't have to leave your house anymore. You could live at home and never leave. You don't have to go to the store. You can just sit there and click on Amazon, and have it delivered to your front door. There's, you don't even have to cook anymore. There's certain certain things that you can do where they'll, they'll deliver food to you without you ever leaving the house. You can watch church from online. You can, you can be a Christian at home, never talking to anybody, but is that really what God envisioned for us? No. That's not God's plan for the body of believers. That's not God's plan for Fellowship Baptist Church. God's plan for our church is the same as it has always been. It is for us to edify and to build up and to encourage and to strengthen one another. It is for us to mature in the will of God and in the word of God. And it is for us to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with other folks so that they can be saved and they can be discipled and that they can then do the same things. Because one day, none of us will be here. Here's the question. If the church is just this body of believers and this preacher, if, if this church, Fellowship Baptist Church, is just this group of people and this body of believers, when I die or when you die, who takes your place? So we you hire another preacher, yeah, it's probably a better one too. 
but can we can we replace the people in the seats if it's just us and we're not sharing the gospel? We can steal people from other churches. That is not what they they did back in in, in the first testament. And, and a lot of times, church growth is that somebody coming from another church. And sometimes there's reasons for that, and I'm not I'm not trying to knock anybody that's come from another church. People move. I moved. I'm from Ohio, so you, my family's from Ohio. I, my parents are here at our church. They came from another good church. We didn't steal them from. They moved. Uh, but, but that can't be the only church growth that we have. We have some. Uh, we need to be inviting folks and sharing the gospel with folks and praying for folks. And, and reaching out, we need people that, that, that are thankful for those that are working and we're getting ready to do Sunday school and, and getting prepared for that and, 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 and having the Sunday school start up again, VBS to start up again. We still need some folks in VBS that are willing, uh, we need some puppeteers and, and, and uh, because the people that have done it in the past, their arms are getting old, according to, to one of them. I won't say who said that, but... It was not straight for me. There needs to be younger folks with stronger arms that can hold those puppets up longer. Hey, listen, hey, we need people to serve. People to take the place of those that, that cannot physically do it anymore. Listen, not to say that they're quitting. Not to say that they're stepping down or stepping away. God will use them until their last dying breath if they're willing to be used. But we need people to step up. And we need to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. May God help us. Because it's going to be through him. Can I, let me finish with this. If we do and serve in the way that God would have each one of us to serve, God will be pleased. They finished that temple. They finished uh, Moses and, and, and Bethlehem and his, uh, his, whatever his name was. Uh, and, they, 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 and all the others that came together, that he put wisdom in their hearts to build. They, they finished that. And the Bible says that they, they finished the last thing. They, they set up the last part of it. The curtains and everything were all hung. Everything was said. And the Bible says the glory of God filled that temple. He was pleased with their service. He was pleased with their work. You serve the Lord. Guess what? You're going to... You do it with, with grace as he gives it to you, he'll be pleased. And what it does is it doesn't say, hey, look at me. Look at what I did. It points people to Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 5 says, ye are the light of the world. A city that's set on a hill cannot be hid. It tells us that, that we're to, to do our good works and glorify our Father which is in heaven. May God help us. Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for your, your word and for how it works in our lives. Lord, I pray that you would just bless this time. Lord, we give it, we give it over to you, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.